first of all, I really appreciate how you model thinking. When you're a teacher, there is no time to think. Like you don't even get but a, a one minute restroom break and there's mm. no time to process. And you you aren't like you want to think, but you don't know how to think. And so you model the ways to think and how you create boundaries and how you can arrange your classroom with the clutter and all this stuff. And now that I'm looking back at it, like that's what I'm trying to do is declutter my life, like my mind. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. Hey there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 172 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. On today's podcast, I brought my friend Miriam onto the show. She is a sixth grade earth science teacher, and she's been teaching for 15 years. She's also a Burned In Teacher University student, and she is going to share with you her story of burnout and how she is on the path to becoming a Burned In Teacher. But before we get into her interview, I want to share with you our sponsor for today's episode, and that is me and Burned In Teacher University. You can enroll in Burned In Teacher University just like Miriam did Anytime that you feel like you have had enough, if you feel like you've had enough of the frustration, enough of the negativity, enough of the frantic workload, enough of feeling like you're not enough, enough of feeling disorganized, enough of feeling like you're alone in the struggle, then Burned in Teacher University is open and ready for you to enroll. So if you haven't already, I really encourage you to go to burnedinteacher.com slash course to learn all of the information and facts that you can about how this course can help you to go from frazzled to fulfilled, as you will hear Miriam talk about in her interview today. You know, before we jumped on the mic together, I asked her, I said, tell us a little bit about your burnout story. And she said, I had a hard time creating boundaries. At the same time, I was dealing with postpartum depression while working in a disorganized school system. I ended up being overworked and pulled on a lot because I was the organized one and brought structure to a chaotic system. And she was doing all of this, like she said, like feeling that postpartum depression. I can relate to that so much because when I look back at my own burnout story, I know that some of that burnout was fueled by some 
postpartum depression that I had after having our second daughter during that first full year of teaching that was so incredibly difficult because of the teachers that I worked with. So just know you're not alone. We would love to see you inside of Burned In Teacher University. Go to burnedinteacher.com slash course, or you can email me at support at burnedinteacher.com to ask any questions that you may have about becoming a Burned In Teacher University student, just like Miriam. Now, I know that you're going to love hearing her story, so let's dive into the interview. I'll see you inside. Burn on. Hi, Miriam. It's so good to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Amber. I am super excited to be here tonight. Oh my gosh, me too. So you and I have been chatting back and forth. We both have such a strong passion for teacher wellness. And I just love that as somebody who's a teacher who cares so much about overall teacher wellness that you've invested into this course. And you and I have had a lot of conversation back and forth on how you're applying it to your life. I'm getting ahead of myself already, but tell us a little bit about you as a teacher and your life outside of teaching. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Miriam and I am a mother of two beautiful boys. Uh, I have one that's in ninth grade and one that's in sixth grade. And I have been married for 17 years to a wonderful man. His name is Shia. And I have been teaching for, this is my 16th year. I've always done middle school and I've always taught earth science. Um, and my first year I was in eighth grade and now I'm with uh, sixth graders. And that is my sweet little spot. I love sixth graders. Oh, that's fantastic. So, and you've always been in the same building, same district? No, uh, this is my second district that I'm in. So I've only been in two. I was in the first one for 12 years and then the last, this is my fifth year at the second one. Okay, great. All right. So let's just dive in just to the meat and potatoes of everything that I know that we are going to have such a great conversation about today. So tell us about your burnout story. So did it just happen one time? Have you kind of ridden that roller coaster? What did it look like? What did it sound like for you? Um, Well, actually, this is so interesting. I didn't even know I was experiencing burnout. I didn't know there was a word for it. I think when I when I was a teacher a year and a a little bit after that, I became a mother. Mm -hmm. So I was pregnant with my first one. um, And I actually did not uh, go to a traditional teaching school. I had a science degree. So I went through an alternative program. And so all of the other teachers who had a lot of like you know, practicum experience, I didn't get that. I kind of had to learn on the job experience. Mm-hmm. So I already had a lot of insecurity when I was coming in being a teacher because I didn't have that proper training, but I definitely had a passion for wanting to teach kids. So a year after that, I, um, about two years after that, cause I carried the baby the first year, you know, I had severe postpartum depression and then I have anxiety about being a new teacher and then trying to meet all the expectations. Um, and then my first year of teaching, I got, um, a lot of us new teachers, we were hired for this school. I got five NTIs, which means not needs to improve. Mm -hmm. So that didn't really help my self-esteem at all being a teacher. And then just trying to juggle being a new mom, a new teacher. Um, I was only married for a couple of years. So it's just too many new things happening at once for me Mm -hmm. and um, really never like just, you know, living on my own like that, like just to be with somebody. So it was just a lot, like just trying to balance everything. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to really fully concentrate and master one skill I felt before another one was put on me. Mm. Um, And so it was uh, a lot, a lot of depression, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, uh, just trying to balance everything. Mm. And I lasted, I mean, I never did walk away. I did stay in the field, but the, that 
dark cloud stayed with me for years. Um, and honestly, I didn't have time to process what was going on. I didn't even know that was called burnout. I just thought it was like overwhelm and overwhelm is part of burnout, but I just was like, well, you have a lot going on. That's why you feel the way you do. I, I know that there are teachers that are listening to this right now, especially young, like mom teachers, Mm -hmm. like moms, uh, moms of young children. I know for me, I can relate to this on such a deeply personal level Mm -hmm. um, because I, like you, I became pregnant with our second daughter, my first year of teaching. Mm -hmm. So, and I was pregnant that whole school year and had her then in April. And that was tough. That was really, really tough. And then I was lucky though. I I did get to take the first nine weeks off of the, you know, I took the rest of the school year off and then took the first nine weeks off. Um, when school started the following fall. And when I came back, I'm telling you what, Mary, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know that I had postpartum depression and I was never diagnosed and I never even considered it whenever I was in it. But I look back now at how sad I was and how Mm -hmm. horrific I felt when I went back to school. I know that had to be part of why I was having such a hard time as a new teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is such a hard thing to go through. So I'm yeah, so sorry that that happened to you. I appreciate that. And 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 I am on here because had somebody else talked to me about that, that probably would have given me some strength to know, like, mm-hmm. it's what it does is it brings a dark cloud and you can't think clearly and you can't yeah. process stuff and it overwhelms and you're not sleeping through the night, you know, your baby's not sleeping through the night. You're not getting sleep, mm-hmm. which means your brain is slower, which means you can't think as fast. You can't, it's just, it really, it causes a lot of domino effect on a lot of other things. And it, it really affects your self-esteem as a teacher mm-hmm. because you start thinking that you aren't good enough but anybody who's balancing those different roles would understand and somebody else told me that you know what once you become a mom you can't be a hundred percent at both things you have no. it's give and take yeah but I think the problem is there's some <laughs> I don't know if it's my generation or what but I don't know why we think that we have to be perfect you know and mm-hmm. perfection is the enemy of progress and I know you talk about that a lot progress mm-hmm. right it's, it is, it's nobody's mm-hmm. asking to be, per- there is no such thing as perfect. There no. isn't, you can't be perfect. And I don't know why I walked around thinking I was expected to be perfect. Right. Right. And society has shifted so much, you know, in the past few decades, you know, we're expected to be, we're expected to be mothers. Like we don't have jobs and we're expected right. to be workers. Like we're not mothers. And and the same thing with dads too, right? You mm-hmm. know, the same expectations. We're, we're expected to parent like we, like we, you know, like we're full-time parents and do all the things that full-time parents do in addition to having a full-time job. And we just can't, it, it's, it's, it is almost impossible. It feels almost impossible to do both well. Yes, definitely. And I think all you can do is the best you can. And the mm-hmm. problem is when we're in the teaching profession, we are under the eyes of a lot of people, even mm-hmm. if you're not don't have the parents in the classroom with you, the parent, the kids go home and they report back what, what right. their experience is. So we have a, yeah. a field where we're constantly being evaluated. Mm-hmm. And if that's not going to feel like you're always under the critical eye, and then if you already have a background where you always got criticized, it doesn't, it doesn't help. You know what I mean? So it yeah. just feeds into that constant fear of always being criticized and not me- being measured, not, not measuring up to what you think people want you to be. Absolutely. And that that's such a hard place to be, especially if you don't have the mental strength or the know-how to talk to yourself in a different way. Whenever you are, you are getting this almost scrutiny 
from, Mm -hmm. or or that feeling or that narrative that you're telling yourself that you're being scrutinized, you know, even if it's not true. Um, yeah, that's a really hard thing to, to go through. So, but this was back at the beginning of your teaching career. So, Mm -hmm. and you just joined burned in teacher university a little over a month ago. Mm -hmm. So tell me, you know, what, how have things gone since then? And you've made a, you've made a shift in district. And so Mm -hmm. tell us, you know, fill in those, those gaps, you know, as, as however you feel is necessary to help us understand what brought you here. Well, um, so I taught at my first district for 12 years and then we moved, um, moved homes and stuff. And then I found out, I had a friend that was at the current district I teach at, and he said there was an opening in science. And I actually wasn't looking for, um, to shift, but the commute would be better. Um, I would be in the same district as my kids. Um, I, they could actually go to the, I would be teaching at the homeschool we were zoned to. There was just too many pluses not to give it a go. I'm such a loyal person. And there was this fear of like going to the unknown. And I know so many teachers are like that because you get comfortable and, you know, let's face it, when you start at a new place, you have to prove yourself all over again. And I stayed at the first district because they knew me and they knew I was a hard worker and I had two little babies in daycare and they were getting sick and all that, but they knew that I was a good employee. And I didn't out of fear want to chance going to a new County and dealing with like, what if they get upset if I have to take off time for my kids, but they were at kind of like uh, upper elementary school age. So it was kind of perfect. Now we kind of got over all the illnesses and the sicknesses. So I gave it a chance, um, you know, and it was, what was so interesting is coming in 12 years, I'm not a new teacher any at this point coming mm-hmm. in 12 years, but it was a new County and it was like learning something all over again. And I was, I did come in with a little bit of arrogance. I'm like, Hey, I've taught for 12 years. I know what I'm doing. And I was like, Whoa, this is all different. Like my science stuff was there, but the way the style that they taught. So you can't go in just thinking when you have 12 years that you're done learning, there is, that is not the case. And I wasn't prepared for that. Um, and so um, it was a good switch for me. Uh, and I just have since then been doing personal mindset work mm-hmm. and that's what prompted me to look into your program because I, I mean, there's sometimes burnout, like, I think there's different degrees of burnout, you know, like you're mm-hmm. ready to walk away. I'm you're done, done, done. And then some of the times you're like, you get the Sunday night scaries where you don't want to go back, but you're going to do it. And then other times you're like, I love my kids, I love my job, but I just don't want to do the work anymore. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. So you're describing uh, those stages of burnout for sure. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, so I was just like, uh, you know, but I think my heart's craving to like help other people because you know, it's like when you suffer and you just don't, you wish it's like, I wish somebody would have told me, I always make a joke. If I'm going to ever write a book, that's what the title will be. I wish somebody would have told me because there's lots <laughs> of things I wish that would tell me about mom, you know, motherhood and teacherhood and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I know that you have told me, you know, off mic that you've not finished the course yet and that's totally fine, mm-hmm. but you, you know, tell us a little bit about how far you've gotten and what's resonated with you the most. Um, I really, your, your, the mindset, first of all, I really appreciate how you model like thinking when you're a teacher, there is no time to think like you don't even get, but a, a one minute restroom break and there's mm-hmm. no time to process and you you aren't like you want to think, but <clears throat> you don't know how to think. And so you model the ways to think and how you create boundaries and how you can um, arrange your classroom with the clutter and all this stuff. And now that I'm looking back at it, like, that's what I'm trying to do is declutter my life, like my mind, my mind. Mm-hmm. And so what resonated with me is about creating boundaries in the mindset 
And the biggest one was the control thing, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because you cannot control parents. You mm-hmm. cannot control the county rules. You cannot control the schools. But I always make a, a statement when I shut the door, that's my world inside. Mm-hmm. I can control what's in the four walls. I cannot control what's outside the four walls. And that has really, really resonated me and uh, with me. And I picked up, I, I was, I like little acronyms, but a lot of C's resonated with me because you talked about decluttering. Like you have a clutter, I had a cluttered mind. And I'm now literally just in the last 12 to 14 months, I've been trying to declutter my mind, think about stuff, but trying to find the root causes. Why do I feel the way I do? And I was basically another C word is conditioned. I was conditioned to always feel worried about criticism and all of this. Then we go into a field where you're evaluated. And so now I have people coming back and, you know, doing evaluations at my old school. And so anytime it wasn't positive, guess what? I'm like, see, I told you I wasn't good enough. That was the conditioning mm-hmm. and the criticism. And then naturally you compare yourself to other people. I'm like, oh, well, see that teacher is great, but that that's me damaging myself. Like a year one cannot be a year 30. That's not fair right. to you. And that's not fair to that year 30. That took time to, to grow and mm-hmm. to, to craft. And so teachers, new teachers want to be the best year one they can be. You can't, and who you're going to be at year 30 isn't going to be who you are at year one. It, what you're saying reminds me of a quote that I heard a long time ago that you, you can't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Yes. That's just not fair to you. Yes. And it's, it's going to stall you. It's going to stifle your progress yes. because you're comparing your experience to somebody else who's been doing it for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And, and it's okay that they are, you know, I would say this in air quotes, it's okay that they're better at it than you right now, or it's okay that they have right. a few things figured out that you've not figured out yet. And I think sometimes that comparison game, I know this, yeah. in fact, that comparison game, that is the killer of creativity and it's the killer of growth. Because if you say, oh, they're so much better than me, I'm never going to be that good rather than saying, hey, Miriam, tell me all of your secrets. Mm-hmm. Like, how have you been doing this for so long? And how are you keeping your room so decluttered? And how do you have this relationships with your students? You know, rather than asking those questions, you're like, oh my gosh, I'll never, yes, I'll never be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, you know what? We make a joke. Cause I know in elementary school, they have like the best cutesy stuff, the best bulletin boards, the best <laughs> everything. When you go to middle school, you're like, it's survival mode. And there is no cutesy anything as far as the bulletin boards and all that high school, you can forget it. It's just trying mm-hmm. to get through the academics. And I think like, if I was sitting in an environment where it was always competition, there's another C word <laughs> competing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Competing with the bulletin board and competing. Oh my God, I would be so drained out. I couldn't do that. It it is intimidating, but mm-hmm. I think people like need to go away. Like we're all doing the same thing. We're trying to help kids. So if something worked for my 30 kids, well, I have middle school, so I have a hundred kids, you know, then share it with somebody else because you get blessed for that anyways. That's how mm-hmm. I view it. And, you know, I, I had somebody who was sick this past week with the flu. I had to make a little video and you know what, why not help him? Because I'm going to get blessed for helping another hundred kids. It's not a comparison thing. And it, you know what? He appreciated that. And it's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. And then but maybe it's interesting. He can get something 
And that, that's another C word, collaborate. Like collaborate. that is, that is yes. the definition of collaboration. You know, yes. sometimes have like a very limited view on what collaboration looks like. And that could be positive or negative, depending on how well you collaborate, you know, as far as another C word curriculum or, yeah. <laughs> you know, <Yes>. planning <laughs> for the weeks ahead or for units of study or whatnot. Yeah. But we can have our own collaborations. Yes, we need to. And I think we we have to make this movement where it is collaborative. There, it, the problem is you they, they people try to compete because they're looking for merit pay or to be number one. And, you know, there's got to be a healthier way to do that. Obviously, we all want to be number one in our own way, but we but we want to get the kids number one. Right. Yes, Not, yes. you know, and I and I. Yes, of course, it's nice to be recognized and you want to feel good, but like it can't be done in such a toxic way and in, in an yeah. unhealthy way where where people want to hoard their stuff and to hoard their information so I can be number one. Because if we think about helping the kids, you want your school to be number one. You want your district to be number one. You want yeah. United States to be number one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we really are better together. I mean, we are. We really are. And that's why I love having these conversations because you know, I learn things from students that come in and talk to me and tell me how they're applying it to their life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I never thought about it that way. You know, and we, we have these deep conversations about what it is that we are, how, how it is that we're moving forward as well. Right. You know, wh- what our plans are and what our desires are and what our goals are. And, and they're all so different, but they're all so beautiful. And we need, it really does take all kinds. It really to do does. this work. I, I had wished that I had come across you like 15 years ago when I started because I was really lost. Like just the stuff you say, I mean, it's nothing like out of the world nobody's ever heard of, but like sometimes you have to hear it. Like the way to think, like it's okay, you know, that you're not number one. Nobody told me that, but that's nothing crazy that you said. It's such basic stuff, but I don't know why teachers feel like they have to be that exception rule. And it's very interesting if I can share with you that just this year, coming after the pandemic, you know, a lot of the kids have, have a lot of social emotional issues. And just to show you how disconnected I am, I had asked my principal, we have this nice little kidney table that I got. I got rid of my teacher desk and I only have a kidney table there because I just don't have space. And after I would finish small groups, the kids saw it, would see there's enough time and they would come running up to my small kidney table because they wanted to talk about their problems, you know, like they have a problem. And I asked my principal, I said, you know, I get nervous that if you ever came into my room, you saw that I would get criticized for not talking about science content, but helping these kids with their emotional problems. And she says, don't you think that's the most important thing right now is to help them with their emotional problems? I'm like, I, I do. But do you all think that because you're mm-hmm. evaluating me? Yeah. It's right. She says, of course, we think that you should help them. I'm like, do all the administrators think that? She's like, of course they do. And I was like, what? I was like, well, how was I disconnected from that? Like, that's a basic human thing, right? But that's mm-hmm. to go to show you, even though I'm year 16, because of all the like stuff I had from my, first, I just was so disconnected. And I think that's why you have to have another C word, courageous conversations with yes. the administrator mm-hmm. to say, what are my expectations? Is this okay? Just to, just to calm your nerves down. So guess what? The next time they come in here and they observe me, I'm not going to be nervous because they already gave me the, okay, that's my personality. My personality requires a little reassurance that what I'm doing is okay. Yeah. And what you're talking about here is one of the main causes, one of the three main causes of burnout is that depersonalization where Mm -hmm. we forget the human element, that human to human connection that a teacher and a student can have. And Mm -hmm. when we connect with kids, like we're always told to build relationships with kids, right? But then we're like, okay, how do I do that? (laughs) It just comes from 
those little touches, and I don't mean physical, physical touches, but just those little tiny conversations that you're having with the students that they, they just know that on a human level, you truly care about them. I agree with that Mm -hmm. so much. Like in the beginning of the year, uh, my dad, I just met my kids, right? Like my students and I only taught them for a couple of weeks, but my dad ended up in the hospital with pneumonia. He's okay now, but Mm -hmm. I had to put on my little, my computer, like the e-class on my page that I, I told him what happened. Oh my God, I'm so scared. My dad went to the hospital. I wasn't planning to be out. Could you please be good for this up? They read that they felt so bad. They were perfect for this up. Mm. Like they felt so connected to me, but it's from those small little things, like you said, yeah. and it, there's no magic. That's the, that's the magic sauce. Yes. Just the c- connections. Relationships is relief, mm-hmm. relief from stress because they don't want to disappoint you because they can pick up whether they, that you really care about them or not. They yes. have that. They, they're very intuitive. Yes, 100%. And I can relate to you with that pride that you feel and that that sense of connection with your kids. Um, so we had to actually reschedule this ep- or this recording because last week when we were scheduled to have this conversation, I was sick and I had no voice mm-hmm. and I actually missed two days of school because of it. Cause I mean, especially as a kindergarten teacher, like you can't talk, oh, yeah. you can't teach. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I, I'm sure that's very sure. I mean, I've taught lots of grade levels. And I don't know. It, it's almost impossible to teach any grade level without a voice, but Absolutely. um, I, I told the parents that I was going to be there. I sent them a seesaw message. I left, you know, we do a morning greeting every morning, a morning little letter that I, or little note that I sent to them. Um, we read it on slides and I said, I'm so sorry that I'm not there, but my voice hurts. And the kids knew that from Monday, I said, please show integrity. Like we've had those conversations about integrity, you know, be that respect, responsibility, safety, kindness, patience. Like we have had those conversations so many times. And I was just, I was in tears on Tuesday when um my instructional assistant, she was actually my sub that day. She was like, Amber, these kids are being so incredibly kind and patient and helpful. You would be so proud of them. Aww. And I'm just like, oh, my heart. <laughs> because, That's you know, awesome. but it's only because like we connect on that human yes. level so yes. often. Mm-hmm. So Miriam, where do you see yourself going from here with what you've learned and what you'll continue to learn through the course? Like professionally, what do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself in the next year, two years, three years down the road? Um, I catch myself mentoring a lot of the teachers. I don't know. I'm just so passionate about not letting another teacher go through like the agony that I went through, you know, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I can offer words of advice and help them. I just, I'm, I'm compelled to do that because I have 15 years. I have some knowledge and I also gravitate towards people who have knowledge too. Like I like to learn and grow too. Like, Hey, if there's somebody who's figured out a way to do it better and easier, why not teach me? Yes. You know, I was just thinking about the pandemic. What about the year thirties? Right. Do you think they, they had to dive in and learn stuff that they never learned before. And there mm-hmm. was no time or position for them, anybody to be arrogant and say, I'm not using the computer because mm-hmm. you had to, everybody had to, and we mm-hmm. learned and grew together. So just learning and growing, and um, I'm I'm looking forward to applying more of your wisdom about the boundaries. I haven't perfected that, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I'm lucky at a school. I don't get a lot of parent emails and a lot of mex- messages. That's kind of the running joke because I got a lot of people to, I put parents in, but then they unsubscribed to my text messages. So I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I saw a whole bunch. I was like, I think they changed cell numbers or whatever. <laughs> we have a very tra- transient population. So I am spoiled in that sense. I don't get a lot of emails, mm-hmm. but just 
personal boundaries, like, you know, a lot of things you teach in the workplace, like to be a better teacher, really do spill over in your personal life, like in being a daughter, a mother, a wife, Mm -hmm. um, and being stronger, because once teachers realize that if you're strong as a person, you will even be a better teacher. You don't have to be a martyr. Like you said, it's not uh, being a teacher. Teaching is not a lifestyle. It's just a job. Yes, it's a very special job, but you cannot you know, mold your whole life around being a teacher because there's other parts that require you not to be a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. and it's okay. You, and I tell my students this too, like if you work hard, then you can go home and play hard. But I actually, I want, I tell my kids do like your work in class. So you don't have to worry about doing it at home because you go home and you do the things you want. You'll come back happier and you'll spread the joy in the classroom, mm-hmm. but you're going to be bitter. If you didn't, as a teacher, get to do the things you wanted to do. Guess what? You're going to take out all that bitterness right onto your kids. And nobody wants to be around a bitter person, right? You don't want to be a bitter bug. So just be, make yourself happy, do those things. And it requires, and for me, I want to get my work done at school and I don't want to come home. That's going to require me to be organized. I, I, my time is too precious now. I didn't have that skill at the beginning, but now I do. Yeah. Because it's just too precious. Yeah. So a couple more quotes that came out of everything that you've said here. If you're not getting better, you're getting bitter. Yes. And if you're not growing, you're dying. Yes. And I think that sometimes you've already kind of mentioned this, that your ego can really get in the way. And I do have a couple of lessons about your ego Mm -hmm. and how it can affect and stagnate your growth. If you believe that you are the best and you believe that you have nothing to learn, you are putting up a wall between you and so many opportunities to grow as not just a teacher, but as a human being. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree with that so much. So Miriam, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience today? Well, first of all, tell me, what would you say to a teacher who is struggling? I mean, they, they imagine they walk into your room and they're just in tears and they're overwhelmed and they are just at that rock bottom that you and I know what mm-hmm. that feels like. What would you tell them? I would ask them, I want them to stop and think really, what's that tears? What are the tears about? Mm-hmm. Like if you could pinpoint what it is that is triggering it. Then you have to figure out a game plan about what that is. Is it because you're overwhelmed? Why are you overwhelmed? It's because I'm disorganized. Well, why are you disorganized? Because, you know, I don't have my stuff in place. I don't know what to do. Well, let's go backwards. How we, How do you know? Let's figure out how you would know what your expectations are. But just keep working backwards until you can figure it out and come up with a game plan because people are burned out for lots of different reasons. What somebody mm-hmm. else is burned out might be a different reason why somebody else is burned out. So you got to take a moment. That requires self-reflection. You have to take a moment to really dig to the root. And honestly, I'll tell you one thing. There are people, I, I make a joke because there was this a movie called Couples Retreat. Mm-hmm. And one of the characters in there, he got the statue called the donkey and he was People can take it. The donkey is two different ways. It could be an offensive curse word or it could mean something else. And the reason why he got is because he carries the load of his family. A donkey carries a person and that person's carrying the backpack and they're carrying all the stuff. And there's no help for that donkey. And a lot of these teachers are donkeys. They are constantly overdoing it and carrying the load. Well, let me prove I'm number one. So let me do everything for everybody. So I look like I'm an amazing star and good enough to be a teacher. No, 
You don't have mm -hmm. to do that. You can ask for help. And uh, that is really causing a lot of burnout. I mean, I'm talking to teachers now, like uh, people, they're just always, there's always a donkey in every group. Mm -hmm. And if you're the donkey, if you're the one that's carrying the load of everybody else, you it's you're going to have to reevaluate. Yes, you are going to burn out. You're going to yeah. burn out fast. You are you're not meant to do that, carry that all day long. Yeah. So many things. So number one with the, I mean, you were reciting like the reflect on your challenges, like get to the bottom of your why play that why yes. game. OK, but why? Why this? Why that? Until mm -hmm. you get to the root of the cause. And the other thing that you said that just really resonated me, with me is that, you know, some people do say, yes, I'll do this for you. I want to help you. And they aren't necessarily doing it all the time for that gold star or for that recognition. They're doing it because they want to help. They mm -hmm. genuinely want to help other people. Mm -hmm. And because of that desire to help other people, you know, you only have so much time. So if you're giving yes. and giving and giving to other people, you're not building those boundaries because you don't want to make people mad. You're a people pleaser then right. I mean, you don't have time to do your work because you're saying yes to everybody else's work and everybody else's load that you can't yes. carry your own load. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to cause because you're, you're responsible for your load and you're going to get evaluated on what you're supposed to do. And when you can't take care of your students the way you wanted to, because you were taking care of it, then it's going to really take a toll on you. And then it affects your mm -hmm. self-esteem. It causes a whole nother set of ripple effects, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's so it's a slippery slope, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my goodness. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience today before we end this conversation? Yes. I would want to say, don't give up. Like, listen, mm -hmm. you, the answer does lie within you. It, mm -hmm. There's no like magic formula and, and, and it does lie within you. Is it an overnight process? No, it's not. But if you can just start to figure out what it is and then work on your next set of steps and find inspiration. Oh my gosh. That was the other thing that got me through. Who are those stellar people? Where's the inspiration? Look for kindness, find somebody who can build you up and not tear you down. And you, you know what? You may have had a bad day, but one bad day doesn't mean a bad career or bad everything, you know? And so, yeah, just look for it. And the answer does lie within you and not to give up and find a way, a system that can help you and find people that can help you. Mm spoken like a true pro. I'm just, <laughs> I'm so grateful for this conversation. And I know I'm going to be really honest with the listeners. Miriam and I were talking back and forth and Miriam was like, you know, is it okay that I, you know, I've already, you know, really worked on my mindset and that I know a lot of the things that you're teaching, but I just really wanted to up level and just really wanted to to learn anything else that I could. And I was like, absolutely. Like, this is not for a teacher who has never heard of, you know, mindset shifts or has never heard of creating boundaries. Like we've all heard these things in different circles and some people might know a little bit more than others and that's okay. The fact is, is that, you know, I've, I've learned all of these strategies and I learned it in a very messy way. And I just did tons of research. And what I've done is organized all of that into this process that helps people to fully implement it into their lives in whatever way that they need. And that's why I really call it a personalized burnout plan, because as you've already reiterated, Miriam, and you were so right, different people burn out for different reasons. And that's what was really hard for me in my journey is that when I was looking up, you know, symptoms of burnout back in, you know, 2011, 2012, I was finding all of these Pinterest lists of symptoms. And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling that, but no, I'm not feeling that. And then all these lists of things that you can do. And I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm getting enough sleep. I'm drinking enough water. I'm mm -hmm. going, I love to run. I run every day. Like I'm doing all of this stuff. Why 
am I still so miserable? And then I'm thinking something's right. wrong with me. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And, and for yeah. me, it wasn't time management. It was just the negativity in my mind at that point. Mm-hmm. And it, I had so much inner work and inner self-awareness to, to, um, to gain. And I had no idea. I just, I, I, I wasn't self-aware enough to do that work. And I had no idea that that was one of the main issues in my burnout at that time. Now, as you know, I've gone through it many, many times for different mm-hmm. reasons, but we can't treat everybody's burnout the same. Correct. And that was mine too, Amber mindset. My mm-hmm. man, that mind is some real important real estate right there. Mm-hmm. That is a powerful real estate. You can get that mind calm and collected, but you can achieve so much more. Yeah. And, and it, what's really interesting about this idea of mindset as well is like a teacher who is at the rock bottom stage zero of burnout, the last thing that they want to hear is to change their mindset because they are in such a deep, dark place. I know that if somebody would have told me that when I was at my zero rock bottom moment, I would have been like, but it's not my fault. It's his fault. He's a terrible leader. And mm-hmm. I really needed somebody mm-hmm. to sit there and say, that might be true for you, but there are other teachers in this school who love him. So mm-hmm. where's your mind in all of this? And what is mm-hmm. it that you need to do to, to fix how you're looking and your perspective of him as a leader? Right. And that is something I just wasn't ready to hear yet. Right. And, and that's, that's where yeah, they need a lot of love and support. Like when you're going, there, it's nothing to do more than, I think it's something internal. That's not necessarily with teaching your, your internal framework is not in a place to be dealing with teaching like there is something else going on that you have to to yes. to, to, to caress and to grow and to soothe and to love mm-hmm. and then once you heal that only can you teach properly yes. yes and sometimes the only way to get there is to get to that rock bottom and that's yeah. where I was I had to get there to say no one else is going to come and fix me Amber no one else no. can do this work for you. You need to start really working on yourself. And as you probably know, that's where I really dove into self-help and personal development. I mean, I didn't even know that the seven habits of highly effective people, I didn't even know that book existed until right. I was 34 years old, 33, 34 years old. Right. I mean, that book's been around forever. Yes. And, you know? and don't you also feel like that when you would complain, I found myself complaining a lot. I wasn't yes. negative really. Yeah, I felt like nobody got teacher stress. Like, listen, all the teachers listening, teaching is stressful. Think about this, Amber. What other field do we have that the person, the person in charge has 30 people looking at them? Mm. A doctor goes in one patient at a time. Yeah. Nurses, one patient. at. Okay. Maybe a firefighter. That's trauma. Yeah. I could say throw a burning building. But other than that, that's a lot of, that's a lot. Yeah. Think about what we every, do day. every day, every <laughs> day, times how many hours? Yes. And the elementary school teachers get with pretty much the same group the whole day, at least in middle school, I only have to deal with them for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then the next group comes in. That is trauma. And I didn't feel like anybody supported me. And I felt like my friends and everybody else would get tired of my teacher stories mm-hmm. and I would complain. And I, I just sound like a broken record. And I understand because it would be the same thing, you know, so-and-so did this today. So-and-so did that today. Oh my God. And, you know, and so I just didn't like who I, I didn't like the way I sounded. Yes. You know, I didn't like the way I sounded. And that's one of the steps that we go through is really, really paying attention to the thoughts, like do some thought catching, pay attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth because it becomes habitual. Yes. It becomes just 
who you are. I mean, that turns into your teacher brand, right? Which is just a whole thing, which essentially is just your legacy. Yes. And if you have no self-awareness and you're just continuing to think these thoughts and say these things and hang out with these people that are just feeding mm-hmm. that fire, mm-hmm. you know, you, I mean, I just, I look back at my, my darkest moments and I think about the conversations I was having and the conversations I was not having and how that was just exasper- exacerbating my misery. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. And I had personal stuff that had nothing to do with teaching and that made it even harder to be a yeah. teacher. Oh so my like gosh, you really yes. got to get to the root cause of yes. what is eating up at you. Yes. 100% because it doesn't always come from the actual act of teaching. You've got yes. some heavy stuff mm-hmm. going on personally. You right. can't just shut that off and you walk in the door. No, you can't. I wish I could, but yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Although those te- the kids suck you up into the day. So then you start forgetting about stuff. And I got, and when I had yeah. my first baby, my principal was nice. And he says, well, if you ever feel like, like, a, like a moment, you need to go and visit your child and you need a day off, let me know. And then I said, well, little does he know today's my last day. And that um, went on for the whole year. Like today, no, for real, for real, this is my last week at school. <laughs> and then the t- the kids would suck me up and then I would into their little lives. The next thing I know, I ended up teaching 12 more years at that school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My goodness. It's just, we, I feel like we could have this conversation for so much longer, but I, I want to respect your time. I know we're going to talk again someday, Miriam. I'm just so grateful. Oh, me too. I'm just so grateful for your time and your energy and for you to come in here and share these incredibly challenging things that we go through as teachers. I just really appreciate it. And I appreciate you, Amber. Thank you for building this program to help teachers. This is really a a service act that you're doing to help teachers to have a a voice and a place and a platform to open up their heart and to have a no judgment zone and to get help. So I really appreciate you. Many blessings to you. Thank you so much. This is why I built the program. Even though back in 2016, I was like, I don't know what this is going to be, but I know I have to do it. So I just really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Good job. Thank you. And good job to you. You're doing the work as well. So I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of burned in teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned and Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a Burned and Teacher. Burn on.